0: This podcast is presented by the Miami Rescue Mission Broward Outreach Centers, also known as the Caring Place, www.caringplace.org.
1: Welcome to Mission Possible, the good news program with all the good news and more. Brought to you by the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers, where caring for the needy, feeding the hungry, and changing lives happens every day. Now, here are your hosts for Mission
2: Possible, Ron and Marilyn Brummett. Good morning, South Florida, and welcome to Mission Possible, the good news program. Brought to you by your Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers, also collectively known as the caring place. You know, since 1922, the Miami Rescue Mission has been reaching out to the homeless, the hungry, the hurting, those that have are abused, whether it be men or women. And we have women centers in all three of our campuses, and we're reaching out also to children not only homeless children but children at risk as well well i'm so glad you joined us today i am marilyn brummett i am the wife of our president reverend ronald brummett and normally you do hear his voice opening up this wonderful program but i'm also on the uh, program each and every sunday morning I love to do the interviews with those who are going through life change. And so today I'm opening up with, with everybody today. Can you believe this is December? Wow. Where has the year gone? I do not know. I know they say the older you get, the time seems to fly by even faster. And I feel that way. I feel like time has just flown by this year. Well, we had a wonderful Thanksgiving outreach on the streets. Oh my goodness. We had so many volunteers. We had almost uh over six hundred volunteers and that included men, women and children because families came out together to serve those that had come for the meals, come for the clothing, come for All the items that they came knowing that the Miami Rescue Mission and also in Broward, the Broward Outreach Centers in Hollywood and in Pompano. I know on the Hollywood campus, there were over 500 that they served meals to. And uh in Miami, it was nearly 1,500, and Pompano was also being served. So it was an amazing day. You know, in Miami, we also gave out food boxes. We had a whole team of volunteers, about 40 of them, that were actually packing the boxes early that day with all kind of food items. And also even putting very special notes on those boxes to let the people know they were picking up those food boxes that they were cared for, they were loved. It was packed with love by somebody who cared. I, th- I like that personal touch where we're not only giving, but we're giving those personal notes. And I have to thank all those that uh, responded to our direct mail pieces that go out into the mail in our counties they many of them wrote little notes on that we had little cards inside little uh, pieces of paper that you could write a note and so those were passed out as well we had greeters that went through the crowd and talked to people let them know they were glad they were there and uh, if they needed extra help in another way they directed them to all the services we were giving out clothing there was uh haircuts Uh, as I said, there was the food boxes, there were hygiene, uh, products that were, were given shoes. Oh my goodness. It was just so many different things. We had a kid's corner. So there was cotton candy and just such a wonderful time and, and there was a message each our campuses had a keynote speaker and i have to say calvin hughes uh, from channel 10 was the keynote speaker in hollywood thank you calvin that was so wonderful of you to come out and we had a wonderful pastor in miami that gave a, a dynamic message on knowing that god has everything under control and even when we're going through the worst of times he is there Um, to provide and just the outreach itself was provision there were uh, over 60 men and women that came in off the streets they made the decision on thanksgiving day to come off the streets into a life-changing program so if you were involved with giving your time your talent your treasure i just want to say thank you from uh, my heart thank you from my husband's heart we thank you from all the staff at all of our campuses Uh, that is why we're known as the caring place you know you can go to our website uh, by just going to caringplace.org and you can give to the campus the county that you want to give to if you want to give to miami-dade or broward if you want to make sure it goes to pompano or hollywood uh, you can make those selections and you know it only costs us two dollars and ten cents to serve a hot nutritious meal and you say well how can you do it for that amount of money because i have to give also a shout out to all those who do did food drives uh, food drives are so important to us and uh, we just had such an outpouring from the community now right now as we now transition going into the christmas and hanukkah uh, holiday season we are transitioning now into the toy drives so we need to raise over 6,000 toys that'll be given out to children and families in need. Now we give to those families that are probably one of the neediest maybe in our counties. Uh, so not only homeless families, but also those that are very, very uh, close um, under, you know, 15,000 or less income a year and so those families you know if it wasn't for what we give uh they would have a very sparse uh really nothing um, on their tables or toys to give to their kids so we need your help if you could do a toy drive go to caringplace.org and uh, just say that you're be interested in a toy drive we'll connect you with the right campus Uh, So the right person will be contacting you, and you know in what county uh, the toys that you are raising uh, will go to the children that are nearby you that are in great need. Well, we're going to be doing a great Christmas outreach on the street as well. We'll be serving meals actually sometimes the christmas one almost surpasses the thanksgiving one if you can believe that Uh, we have so many people that come because not only are the homeless coming but also needy families are coming also so we really need to raise the funding for this Uh, once again if you could help uh, with a financial blessing and if you wanted to go to the holiday season go to caringplace.org christmas and then it will go uh, for the christmas outreach um, on the street well there's so much to talk about um, in our campuses all the things that are happening Um, our street outreach is going to be on december 21st so it'll be a few days before christmas so just remember when you're doing the toy drives we do need to get those Um, Before the 21st because there's a lot of sorting that's going on and we have to sort by gender and age and make sure that those toys those gifts are going to age appropriate those that need it and you know what we're sometimes lacking is the older children the teenagers. And i don't want to forget the teenagers because sometimes they're struggling in school and uh, when they get that special gift that's more age appropriate for them it is such a blessing to them so if somebody is listening and and it just has a heart for older teens uh, that would be amazing so remember the teenagers because we want to bless them also uh, these children they also get special cards special notes of encouragement, letting them know, you know, uh, keep studying, make it in school. And as we reach out to the hundreds and thousands of uh, ones that we touch each year, you know, the mission touches almost 20,000 men, women, and children in just one year's time. And every day it's about 1,300 men, women, and children. Well, I don't want to forget our guests that are coming on the program today. You know, Leanne will be interviewing Jose Soto uh, from State Farm. Love State Farm. State Farm is awesome to the mission, helps us in so many ways. And uh, also, Christina Lalama, I hope I said that right, from the Jewish Community Services and Two One One Services, which is very important, uh, like switchboard of Miami. That's what it used to be called, and they're going to be on air and explaining their services. And then my the testimony. I'll be interviewing Kenneth, and he'll be sharing his story. Please don't miss that. That is really the culmination of all of our programs. Is when you hear the life changing programs. Don't forget to visit us at CaringPlace.org and find out more and don't turn that dial. I'll be back in just a moment with more Mission Possible, the good news program.
1: Leanne Navarro here, the Community Development Associate for the Miami Center, and I have in the studio today a friend, I I always tell him your family, Jose, by now. Uh, We have Jose Soto from State Farm. How are you doing, Jose? I am doing awesome. Getting ready for Christmas. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> we are so excited for the Christmas event, for the holidays. Such an amazing time of the year, right? I mean, it's so much fun for both adults and children. I mean, it, it is a time to give
3: back to others. Yes. Uh, um, you know, giving is is better than receiving, I, I believe. So, I agree. So, so that's the best time to go out there and, and help folks like the Miami Rescue Mission and others out there. They really need your support.
1: Yeah, because, you know, I mean, at our centers, Miami, Hollywood, Pompano, we will be hosting a Christmas event, of course. We always do for many years now. And the children will receive brand new toys. So every family that comes with, you know, to celebrate with us, these are families from our community that are needy, that have food insecurity. Uh, Sometimes they're homeless, and we don't even know that. They might be sleeping in the car. We don't know that. And the children... They're not looking at the situation their family is going through and saying, oh, I cannot wish for toys. That's not the way it works, right? I mean, children, they want the joy of receiving those toys. And that's why the Miami Rescue Mission and many other organizations will be hosting uh, toy drives uh, for the holidays. So how is State Farm taking a part of that?
3: Well, as you know, we have a tradition uh, here in the South Florida area. Many of our agents have been supporting uh, the Miami Rescue Mission by our outreach, outreach Center through a toy drive that we do. Uh, and not only here in South Florida, but throughout the state, we encourage our agents to participate and support different organizations through toy drives. So so this year, we're going to, of course, help the rescue mission. But we're also going to be collecting toys uh, for communities and schools of Miami. And Branches, which helps with, uh, it's, part of, it's a United Way organization that helps with a lot of the working poor families across South Two wonderful South organizations,
1: Florida. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So we'll
3: be collecting toys at any State Farm agent's office. Now in Broward County, uh, in addition to helping the Broward uh, Rescue Mission, we're also going to work with the Children's Home Society in Broward County and a couple other churches in the area to donate toys for them. So we'll have a drive from November 26th all the way to December 14th. Um, if uh, you decide, well, I've got some toys after December 14th, you can still come by an of agent's course. office. We'll, we'll still take them for you and deliver them. But typically through that time and all kinds of toys are all ages. Uh, from very young ones, newborns, all the way to teenagers. And and we find that every year, always the teens are the ones that are hardest to get toys for. Thank you. Thank and you
1: for mentioning that. I mean, it's so much fun to buy for the little ones in the house. And we tend to forget that middle school students, high school students, they're still part of the household. They're still considered to be children, right? We always actually struggle. That's our biggest challenge, uh, not receiving enough toys for the older kids in the household. So thank you for mentioning that so that's very very important and brought our reach centers i mean hollywood pompano our miami center we need your help this holiday season so that that would be amazing the gift cards you can use
3: gift cards yes. also for kids uh, they, that's they, that's they, a good idea they, for they, the, older they, the older ones older mm-hmm. ones so uh, as as you know um you know many of you also during this time of year you may want to put a, possibly a Christmas tree up. Yes. So th- there are some safety issues ar- around the holidays that oh, we also let's would
1: talk about that. We, yes. We'd love
3: to share that uh if you're going to put a real Christmas tree don't forget to water your Christmas tree. Yes. Uh, it's like any other tree out there especially if you're going to put it's lights alive. around the tree, it's alive. <laughs> uh you you want to go ahead and water that tree. Um um, make sure that your home is child-proof. Uh, when I say that, any small parts or decorations, a lot of kids love to, especially if you put a tree, uh, get the small little decorations and they may want to put them in their mouth. Be careful about items like that. Um, when you do that, uh, you want to avoid putting that around the trees. Uh, mistletoes, um, holly berries, uh, things like that um, can also create an issue for, for kids. Um, if you put up a metallic tree, some folks put up a metallic tree, never use electric lights on a metallic tree. Now that's something I really? was not aware. I didn't
1: know that. I was
3: not aware of that. A lot of the times the broken wires on there can create fires and can electrocute folks because metal will uh, conduct through electricity so, uh, or electricity will conduct through metal. So. Do not do that. There's other lights you can put on there. There are not lights, uh, uh, or you can maybe put like a reflection on there to reflect on the tree rather than have the the light. So again, very important. Um, safety first. <laughs> safety first. Um, if you're gonna put candles around the house, which a lot of folks do around the holidays, don't forget to extinguish them before, blow, you go <laughs> before anywhere. You go anywhere, even before going to sleep. <laughs> Before you go to yes. sleep, um, definitely don't forget that. And then when you do receive your Christmas gifts and everybody's guilty of this and you're about, let's say you get a TV or, or any item that you get and you're about to throw away the box in the garbage. Do not go ahead and promote all your new gadgets out there to everybody. Uh, you know, tear up the box. You know, you don't want everybody out there to know, hey, by the way, I just got a brand new TV or this. <laughs> it's just gonna lend itself to possibly somebody, uh, unscrupulous breaking people who may be breaking right. in and stealing mm-hmm. your stuff. So
1: avoid doing Good that. Good tip, I never thought of that one. <laughs> and,
3: and tell you, everybody's been guilty of that. Yes. I, I, I myself, I'll raise my hand, I've been guilty of that. So avoid doing that, you don't want to invite uh, uninvited people to your home. Totally so again, th- these are some of these safety tips. There's a lot more. If you go to Stay Farm Simple Insights, uh, we have a section under com. and there's a lot more. Uh uh, tips around the holidays to help families.
1: That's, that's amazing Jose, because you're right, some of them I didn't even know, I mean the plastic Christmas tree or the metal one, or the likes, I mean those are things that you need to think of for the safety of your family, right? right. I mean we all want to have this happy time of the year and, and get to 2019 uh, safe, right? Safe yes, and sound. Yes that's amazing and and so again I always like to remind our listeners that you don't have to be a state farm customer in order to go in any of the state farm locations right and drop off the toys
3: yes and we welcome anyone in the community to come by and drop off toys gift cards again if you want to drop off some clothing new preferably new clothing to do to donate for Christmas to to some of the kids great feel free to do that It'll and be even after office.
1: and even after the holidays be, if you still have it and you forgot or you didn't have the time to Drop it off, you can drop it off after, and I tell you what uh, at all of our three centers, we have residential programs for women and children, so we pretty much have women and children all year long, not just for the holidays, so definitely any donations that you may have, we can still accept them after Christmas, right? Yes, I mean talking yes. about birthday celebrations, talking about so many other events that we host throughout the year so good point jose and and again, no you don 't even have to be a customer to. Uh, go to one of the State Farm agents. And and if,
3: again, and uh, I've mentioned this before, if whatever reason you're not able to donate, okay, uh, an item, Donate your time. Uh, the mission of many uh, great organizations and community really need your help during the holidays more than ever. Yes. Donate some of your time. And, and when I say donate your time, it doesn't have to be a whole lot of time. It could be as little as an hour.
1: And it doesn't no. have to be every day. It could be once a month. It right. could be once a week. I mean, giving back in whichever way they can, what a great concept.
3: Yes, now if you don't know Organizations out there, which, you know, right here, of course, Miami Rescue Mission is one, but State Farm did create a site uh, a year and a half ago called neighborhoodofgood.com that you can search for opportunities out there and organizations that need your help year round. So feel free to also go to neighborhoodofgood.com.
1: And I love it because the Miami Rescue Mission is also listed in that website. And we are usually, you know, we we send you the events, you know what we're doing. I mean, again, I always say it, there is so much to do and with so many organizations. If your heart is with homeless people, if your heart is with helping children, if your heart, anything that you can do to help, and not only during the holidays, right Jose? We want that to carry on to next year as well.
3: You know, it's contagious once you start, uh, believe me, you don't want you don't want to give. You're up. not
1: want to stop. You don't want to stop because
3: uh, you you see that it feels good to give back. To, yes, to it folks. does.
1: Yes, it does. I'll never forget a volunteer who told me once uh, that he felt guilty, and I said, "Why do you feel guilty?" And he told me, "Because I feel so good when <laughs> I come and serve meals in the kitchen." And I'm like, "Well, so true." That's the idea, yeah. you know. The idea is for you to feel good and also at the same time to give back to others, in so many ways. Jose, I want to thank you, Stay Farm always saying present always helping us and other organizations as well we are so thankful for your help
3: thank you leanne as always
1: thank you for joining us leanne navarro here the community development associate for the miami center uh, a friend in the studio today christina lalama from uh, jewish community services christina is the project director for this wonderful organization that has so much to offer to our community welcome to the show Christina thank you thank you for coming and um, uh, so tell us a little bit more about the Jewish community services who are you guys and what do you guys do
4: Jewish Community Services is a service uh, agency where we provide services not just to the Jewish community, but to the community at large. Our underlying mission is to make improvements or improve the quality of our community overall. So one of the things that we do is we we have a bunch of different services, everything from assistance with job placement to clinical therapy services um, and through the 211. I yes 211
1: that's very important so if you are in search of resources uh you have a child with uh, that you suspect or that you know that has a mental condition uh if you're looking for a job if you need any any resources right 211 is the number you're calling and I know Christina you shared with me at another interview that we did in the past that you always have people that are answering these phones right you have a 24 hours service am I correct
4: yes uh the the 211 um hotline or helpline is a bunch of volunteers that work 24 hours a day 7 days a week 365 days a year. They do not take breaks for holidays or anything and so they really dedicate their lives to um, providing information and assistance to those in need throughout our community. God, and you said volunteers.
1: Yes. Whoa, okay, so people that are not, they're, they're giving of their time to help others. How do you recruit volunteers? How young do you have to be? Tell me all about your volunteers.
4: We have an active uh, recruitment for volunteers because as we know it's a difficult job and it is something that someone who really uh, dedicates themselves to helping others is going to be um, useful so we answer over 12 different um, hotlines and that includes the lifeline, the 211, uh, disaster distress. So we have people that are placed within those different lines as they volunteer. We usually have a big recruitment event where we ask people um, to apply just as if they were applying for a regular job. Uh, they are screened and they are interviewed. They go through some training and then not everyone that volunteers is going to be selected because it does take a special level of training for them to be able to work different lines such as the crisis hotline. Um, so we do actively um, you know, recruit people through the internet mostly. Uh, a lot of people come through word of mouth, um, and we do place uh, ads in our in regular job searching uh, websites for people to volunteer. We do have people that are over the age of eighteen, high school graduates typically. Um, that come in and they're the ones that are looking for additional hours to know if this is the type of of work that they wanna get into, and so a lot of them do dedicate that time to this. Um, And it is, again, a very, very special position to take because you are always in contact with the community and become very, very knowledgeable with the resources that are available. That's amazing. Now, our volunteers, right, so people that are listening now,
1: so they need to be uh, older than 18, and how is that application process?
4: Where do they go to apply? Um, Depending on where, they can just call us. Uh, They can call the agency or call the 211 and ask about applying to be a A volunteer. volunteer. And once they call in, they are uh, either emailed or they're called in to come in and pick up an application and they will apply as if it were a regular uh, job application. Um, And then they are screened and they are given some information. They do orientation. Um, They just basically go through all the regular ins and outs that a regular job interview would go through. Now, if a person out there, Christina,
1: (laughs) cannot volunteer, they don't have the time but they want to make a monetary donation of course that's possible yes
4: oh yeah they can always uh, contact us either through our website which is www.jcsfl.org or they can also call and just ask which one of us or how to be directed to making some sort of donation that's amazing
1: and you mentioned high school students you mentioned over than 18 how wonderful it's almost like an internship if anything because they're learning something new right um that that's pretty cool i i want to thank you i want to thank the jewish community services for what you're doing i hope our listeners can either volunteer or help you in some way and we thank you so much for stopping today
2: thank you well once again we are at that part in the program where we get to talk to people who are going through life change and i have a wonderful man that's sitting across from me right now his name is kenneth and kenneth can i say thank you for coming and even wanting to share your story.
0: Well, thank you for having me here today. Hopefully this uh, story can help somebody because um, this is what I'm here for. Okay,
2: Okay. so let's go back in time and let's talk about your maybe early childhood and your upbringing uh, into early adulthood. Tell us a little bit about that.
0: Okay, well uh, I was born in Cairo, Georgia, a little small place in Georgia, not too far from Tallahassee. And I was raised by my grandmother for the most part living in Georgia. My, gran- my mother had left Georgia and went to Grand Rapids, Michigan. And during that time, my grandmother raised my brother and myself. However, during that time, I ran into a bad situation. I walked into a molestation mm. on my brother from a family member. Mm. And on, from that point on, it created issues in my life as I you know, grew older, teenage life into a young adulthood. But for the most part, I had a beautiful parent. She was a single mother, she was a beautiful lady. And uh, she eventually remarried, had a wonderful stepfather who was great to myself and my brother. Mm-hmm. And we had a great, great life together. But uh, however, due to that incident, I know now that was a cause of me being rebellious mm-hmm. and feeling so much resentment, resentment in my life. And I grew up with a lot of anger. Mm. So uh, that set me, on my, set me on a course that I know today that God didn't originally mm-hmm. design for me to have.
2: Okay, so let's talk about that for just a moment, that anger, what did that lead you to?
0: Well, the anger, it created outlashing at people. I was a pretty much quiet person, easy going person. Mm-hmm. But at certain instances when being bothered or bullied by individuals First of all, coming from Georgia and moving to the North, the accent was different. So there was a lot of times my brother and I, we had to defend ourselves because of the way we spoke. Mm. So that created problems, so that anger from that incident brought all that anger upon another person. And at the end of the day, it wasn't always a good result from it. Mm-hmm. And from that was sometimes being punished by our teachers in school, for doing the things that we've done as far as fighting.
2: Mm -hmm. So as you experienced jobs and things like that, did that affect that?
0: Well see now that's funny how that works because jobs and working with other people and other individuals, it was a way to be, say being accepted because the type of work that I've done, I've been trained for, I'm a chef by trade, and being in that environment, I was around people, and I would get caught up in my work so my work along with the people where I was training people it was a way of it was somewhat comforting to release that pain but hmm. by me doing the type of work that I was doing and being up under the type of work and the quantity of food I worked at one of the largest hospitals in the United States Henry Ford Hospital in Detroit so we had to prepare five thousand meals per day wow. so that kept us busy and also at the quality of work we had to do that kept me in my work so that didn't show up the anger part
2: now where did you find yourself going off track
0: when I found myself going off track I didn't think it was going off track it was like 12 or 13 years old my parents had bought a nice home in Detroit and we had a full basement and we had a full bar and in the mornings, before I go to school I would take a shot of liquor and, and go to school and then at my age, 13, 14 years old, I was tall for my age, I was able to buy beer in the afternoon. So I didn't really think that was going off track. Well, I believe I went off track as when I went to the military in 82. Mm. And then alcohol and drugs was on the base at an alarming rate. Mm. And so to fit in with the other crowd and you know, being part of the crowd, I wanted to fit in, of course. So that's what I believe I my, my okay, problem started. Okay, Kenneth,
2: we're going to take a short break, and I'm going to ask everybody that's listening to the story, let's stay with us, and we'll be back in just a moment with more of Kenneth's story. Well, once again, we're back with Kenneth. He is telling his story. He was just at that point where he talked about uh, the military and actually being introduced, uh, unfortunately, to alcohol and drugs. So let's pick it up right there, Kenneth.
0: Yes, okay. And after I served my time in the military, I continued to dabble and drink and do some drugs. But I eventually met a beautiful young lady and we ended up having a child together and I enrolled myself in school. And two years and three months after going to school, the day I graduated the very next morning, she asked me to leave her home, stating that, you know, she seen that the relationship wasn't going anywhere. And that really blew me away. And so I left the home and I became homeless. And during the process, I met another woman. And we was married a year and 10 months. And prior to this, I had went to Detroit, Michigan to bury my father, came back home and stuck my key in the door. And she had done changed all the locks on the door. And she had wanted a divorce. And the police had to come out to the house and she accused me of, had They had to hit her, and they accused me of domestic violence. So I immediately had to leave the house. And that day, with everything I may have knew about not drinking anymore, I went up and started drinking again that day.
2: So uh, let me just reiterate this, because this really, man, it must hurt. I mean, twice now, it seems like, in your life, you try to do the right thing. You go to college. You work really hard. But what happens is, and the relationship suffers uh, so the day that you graduate, get your degree, then the next morning you find out that you have no place to live, so you become a college graduate and homeless within 24 hours.
0: This is correct, and the funny is this sound because the person, you know, was well educated in the computer field. I went to school for computer, electronic, engineering, and technology. Okay, so I went to school for that. And then the second young lady, I was working two jobs trying to get us debt free. I'm thinking I'm doing the right thing here, people, so... I was working hard, but as I realized now that, okay, well, something was missing at home, and I guess it was me at the end of the day. So, eventually when I became homeless, I um, started sleeping in my car, I slept in my car for approximately three to four months. And someone told me about a place called the Miami Rescue Mission, and I finally found the place because I'm not from Miami, I'm from another place up north. And I found a place, so I sat outside my car, and during the time I sat in my car, there were young men I would would see come and go, and they started speaking to me, and they came and ministered to me while I'm in the car, and they started telling me about the program. And then one thing that they told me was that I had a vehicle that I wouldn't be able to have my vehicle there for whatever reason, so I said, okay. So I sat in my car and I prayed to God one night and and I got to counting. Once I got to about 17 vehicles that I've owned, I surrendered, and that's what. when I, the next day.
2: In other words, God was saying to you, if you only have to surrender this one thing, the car, yes. uh, to get your life back on track and changed, is that too much to ask? And
0: you know what, that's exactly the way I felt that night because it was saying, I done, you done had all this in the past. Why is this one here so particular to you? And look what you can have. Look at these young men that's coming and going. And they're standing around in a circle and praying out to God. on a Every week I would see them stand outside and pray in a circle to God. I'd never seen this type of atmosphere before. And it was a yearning for me. To, it was an emptiness in me, first of all, that like I've never had before in my life. As I said, I was working two jobs. I left those two jobs and went back and worked two other jobs since that time at, the, at two other locations simultaneously. So work wasn't the issue. It was an emptiness, me, uh, emptiness in me, and it was a lack of God in me. And finally I decided to come inside of the door on a Monday morning, and I surrendered at the door. And what kept me at the Miami Rescue Mission for this time, I've been there all oh, nine months going on, yeah, nine months, the 17th. What kept me was the confirmations. I would be in the back or talking to some fellow brothers inside of the facility and what we'd be talking about within 15 minutes or so, a half hour, we would have a minister and would minister exact same thing. And that was just too much coincidence for me to understand. Then I had a minister to come in one night and explain the difference between the spirit and the flesh. And when that happened, it seemed like my, a light bulb went out, went yeah. off inside of my, me. So I've been there mm-hmm. ever since.
2: Kenneth, I really hate stopping you because you are amazing. Oh, and no. I want to hear more. But we'll have you back to tell more of your story. Okay. So, Kenneth, that is absolutely wonderful. Please pray for our men and women as they come into the mission, as God touches their life and changes them. God bless you for sharing your story. Well, I hope you enjoyed the testimony of Kenneth. I've had so many people tell me as they listen to the program, Mission Possible, the Good News program every Sunday. So many tell me that the best part of it is listening to the testimonies of those who are experiencing life change or have graduated our programs and are successful, empowered back out into the community. And I know it's hard to believe sometimes to, uh, envision, uh, the real change, but we actually see those people who come to us so hurting, desperate, uh, many times I tell, I say to people, skinny, uh, they come in very skinny and when they leave, you're like, wow. Uh, that doesn't even look like the same person. And we even have um, exercise equipment here at the mission because we have to start telling the men, you need to pump some iron because uh, you're getting a little bit of more fat on those bones than maybe you need. But, you know, it's it's wonderful to see the transformation, but the transformation is not just on the outside. The transformation is inside it's a different way of thinking that's why we call our programs the regeneration programs because it's a learning a regeneration of the mind and uh, that's what god can do god can uh, regenerate those brain cells and uh, as people learn that god loves them has a plan for their life it does make a transformation and you see that transformation with god's power so many have said you know i came and i i tried other things and i've even maybe sometimes been in another program but uh it was that god void uh, that i had in my life and now that i know uh, that god is there and that he loves me and he has a plan for my life just things have so changed and i know that as I pray and, and and as I read his word, that I begin to really understand a bigger picture of what is happening in life. That is so refreshing. You know, you can come take a tour. You can see behind the scenes. And we have so many different ways of getting involved as a volunteer. Uh, we have focus groups that, uh, focus just on the women or on the men, or, uh, we even have a meals a month club where they come and they serve each month together in the kitchen. They also sponsor so many meals a month. We have people who sponsor $20 a month and they sponsor... Uh, 10 meals every month it's a wonderful thing to know i'm sponsoring meals and i'm feeding people and i know where my money is going that's one thing about the mission and the centers known as the caring place Uh, you really know where your finances are going and you can target it um, actually designate it to that special thing that is happening here at the mission because there's so many things that are happening so if you want to help women you want to help men you want to help education uh you want to help with food you want to help with sorting you want to um, even help in our thrift store uh, all these things can be done we have volunteer orientations each and every month so once again i want to close with saying please if you haven't checked us out before go to our website caring place.org we need you now this is the holiday season and you know we had cold weather uh this last week so we were asking for jackets and hats and it doesn't always last so long but when it's there it's sometimes intense for those who are not used to the cold weather and as they come in we're able to give that love to them and uh, many of them decide to come into the life-changing program so pray for the miami rescue mission broward outreach centers we're praying for you and once once again remember my husband will be back next uh, sunday morning and he'll be back on air so sharing from his heart reverend ronald brummett my heart marilyn brummett i wish you all a wonderful holiday season and don't forget every sunday morning to tune in to mission possible the good news program
0: You have been listening to Mission Possible, the good news program on News Radio 610 WIOD. To contact the Miami Rescue Mission or Broward Outreach Centers, please visit us at our website at caringplace.org. Join us again next Sunday morning for more good news on Mission Possible. This podcast was presented by the Miami Rescue Mission Broward Outreach Centers, also known as the Caring Place www.caringplace.org.